Hello, friends, and however you're listening to this episode of On Grace, we're really excited and blessed that you are along for the ride with, especially for the millennial crew, the uh, avocado and toast, Mr. Wayne Hunter <laughs> and Wendell Van Valen. I said avocado, but it's really avocado, so. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, it's <laughs> avocado. If you're going <laughs> to get our names right, come on. Right. Yes. And I, I'm not sure what this millennial obsession with avocados are is. Is, is are. are yeah. It's uh, I mean they've been around forever, and all of a sudden they're more popular than Tom Cruise. Well, <laughs> let's let's not get out, out of let's not get out of hand here. Let's not get wow. crazy. We enjoy these conversations though, <laughs> like the Last Samurai. I th- I think <laughs> that at this moment maybe avocados are more popular. Than Tom Cruise, but if you look at the entire body of work over the course of history, you think Tom Cruise compares to the avocado, e- which has been around thousand dare I say millions of years. <laughs> millions I, of years. But I think the avocado is just coming into its prime. I see. And I see. you know those millennials are a fickle bunch. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> That's true. <It'd> be short lived. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they may discover they cause wrinkles, and it'll be out then for sure. Yep. <laughs> the ways we start this <laughs> podcast are beyond me. <laughs> Tom Cruise versus Avocado. All right. Yeah. I would like to see that in an animated form play out on TV. <laughs> that would be interesting. We could do a Twitter poll. Isn't that what millennials do? Twitter polls? Yeah, or Instagram yeah. poll, yeah. Instagram poll. Yeah. Huh. Which that is might be popular. too hard for Jason to handle. <laughs> To watch Tom Cruise lag so <laughs> distantly behind the avocado, <laughs> a simple fruit. Okay, the body of work. What the body of work? No, we're just saying if you took a poll, if you just took a poll. Right, but y- y- yes, but I don't. Uh, the poll would be skewed. I think. Well, he's trying to skew the poll right now. No, no, no. no. Okay, in terms of the filmography of one Tom Cruise, you have Risky Business, all time great movie <laughs> a few good men perhaps the greatest movie ever made top gun among the greatest films made uh-huh. in the 80s not right. known for a high point of cinema but but nevertheless <laughs> right. Right. iconic characters uh-huh. we haven't even talked about days of thunder and cocktail that's true it's yeah you're it's impressive and then you got the whole mission impossible series series yeah it's true yep what has an avocado ever done? And now he's got Jack Reacher yeah. going, so he just keeps keeps making pouring the magic them out. Happen. Yeah, I want a taco really, really bad. <laughs> I do not want Tom Cruise on my taco. <laughs> I'm watching the clock, and I feel like I should apologize for the past three minutes, like legitimately. <laughs> really? Maybe we can edit. People have, don't come here for Tom have, Cruise. We have, we have grace for JB and his fetish. <laughs> That's a, a weird word to describe <laughs> appreciation. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, we're going to segue some way into what we're going to talk about today. Um, you can handle the truth. <laughs> All right, I'll handle it then. We want to talk about conversion today. <laughs> and we want to have a conversation about that. it. Um, it's interesting the way, at least Wayne and I, and probably JB to a certain extent, were initially trained in school and and our initial experiences with the word conversion, I converted to Christianity. What that used to mean and kind of the way we look at it now in the light of uh, our exploration of grace 
but the old school idea was that be to be converted you you had to change a set of beliefs i used to believe in such and such and so and so and now i believe in this and kind of verbalize that to somebody and then it was essential that you said what was called the sinner's prayer i mean it actually had a label and it was um even more significant if you went in some churches anyway some settings if you went to the altar during an altar call at the end of the service and it was even more it was even better higher quality conversion if you um had some emotion to go with it right it, that that made it more authentic but all oh, i'm being this is terrible i'm being sarcastic i shouldn't be but anyway but you said certain prayers that had to include like asking for forgiveness and making certain promises and then of course that would be followed up with um some sort of testimony that public testimony of this is the prayer i said and and then followed up with uh, you know some sort of baptism, maybe joining a church or whatever. That's what we considered conversion. And all was very visible and all was very, uh, you could document it all. Mm-hmm. And and it, now when I say all that, it just seems like, really? That's where I used to be? Yeah. yeah it's, and we this idea that it was this that mechanical and predictable and manageable. Yeah, yeah, manageable. And then, you know, you read the Scripture, and you never see Jesus relate to anybody like that. No. He invites them into conversations, and he sits down with them at the table, and he goes to their houses, and he enters and re-enters their lives at different points. But it's never that kind of um, predictable, uh, manageable encounter that has a specific outcome that he's looking for. Uh, and so how we bought into that, and and I guess uh, there's two two things. One is that makes it look manageable or easy. If we can get people to say the prayer, then they are converted. Uh, and the other side is we miss all those other moments of conversion that happen in our lives yeah. when we define it that in that limited right. way. Yeah. Yeah. It it of course this is this is nitpicking. Maybe I don't know. But I always appreciated what Paul said when he says, "You are being saved by right. grace." Yeah. It, it it this is an ongoing thing. This yeah. is not a one-time right. thing. It's it's a I forget the Greek <coughs> verb tense for that, which nobody cares about anyway. <laughs> but it's it's an ongoing process. Right. You are continually being. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty exciting, you know, to think about that every day is part of my conversion of my being born again. That that's not something that's completed or finished but that's something that we experience a new and fresh and different moments and different uh, conversations different encounters different events all of those are uh, moments of conversion we are constantly being converted into this new life old things are be are passing away and everything is becoming new as we wake up to this new life that we have in christ yeah flowing yeah, it's There's not a package a movement. Yeah. that we get at that at the altar when we say a prayer, but it's a door that opens or, you know, a birth that begins or whatever. Uh, I, th- I think that if you, if you, you can take this whole idea and expand it even bigger, and it, it's like if we're going to have anything with God at all, 
be it a relationship or a religion or just a common acquaintance, whatever it is, whatever we have with God, if, if it's going to happen, we're going to have to make it happen. Yeah. It's, it's up to us to get the formula right or the sincerity pumped up to a certain level or uh, maybe if we get enough of us together, you know, and right. really get intense, it's going to, something's going to happen because God is this reluctant, kind of got his back half turned on us and, you know, he's got better things yeah. to do than mess right. with us. Yeah. And, and uh, the picture's been stuck in my mind for like a week now. I talked about it Sunday night in Pathway. It's, it's as if we are in a cave and there's been a cave in. And we're alone in that dark cave and we have a tablespoon. And so we start attacking that wall of boulders that stands between us and fresh air and freedom with a tablespoon. And we're digging and we're sweating and the spoon keeps bending and we keep bending it back and we're getting desperate and hopeless. And, of course, it's it's deafening, deafeningly silent in there. And, we, you know, before long it's like, I can't make this happen. But what we don't know is that on the outside there's tons of heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. Dig, moving huge piles of right. land coming our way. Yeah. You know, right. we can't hear it. We don't know it's there. Yeah, and 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 this all through Scripture, you look at the stories of people who's tried so desperately. I think of Elijah. Of course, these were pagan prophets, but Elijah on the uh, up on the mountain, and they were trying to call down. You know, right? Yeah, the prophets of Baal were trying to call on their gods to produce this and that and the other and they were cutting themselves and they were yelling and they were and i think well that's us a yeah. lot yeah you know, i've got to pray harder i've got to right be yeah more sincere whatever it's like this relationship with god is a contract where he has certain obligations and we have certain obligations yeah. and if i meet mine if i pray hard enough yeah, or yeah. if i believe strong enough then he has to do what he said he would do as I interpret it. Yeah, yeah. As I interpret the contract. It's probably been interpreted for us. Yeah. If somebody's probably. told us the way it works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think I think that this idea of conversion is kind of like that. We kind of want to be able to define that moment. And I, th- I think a big part of that comes from this, this idea that we want to make sure we get to heaven as if that's what Christianity is about. As if God cares more about getting souls to heaven than he does about the kingdom on earth mm. and and so when we think about conversion we think about getting this contract signed by both parties so that when we die we go to heaven when when the reality is that god is much more interested in the life we live here and now and invading our moments and being part of our lives here uh, and and converting us from fear and uh shame and guilt and brokenness converting us to the wholeness of life that he desires for us not just in heaven but in these moments and in these places yes so you guys know i think most of the folks that listen know that my context is mainly youth ministry um, with 6th through 12th grade folks and it's not uncommon for those folks in particular to um to struggle with the idea of conversion because they haven't had uh like a moment right you know what i'm saying like yeah. A, yeah 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 a time and place yeah yeah that's right i don't remember when i signed the contract yeah, yeah. yes yeah. yes and so you know this typically that's very difficult for them because they, because their 
thought process is if I don't have a time and a place and I don't remember it, um, I don't remember a time before God was in my life, Yeah. then I am somehow not really converted or right. or really Christian. I mean, you know, we've yeah. had really wow. great wow. young people really upset yeah. and, in, and in tears, you know, yeah. because like I don't I don't remember a time when I w- when I wasn't yeah. in church or I wasn't uh, right. you know, quote unquote wow. converted. Yeah. Wow. And so there's a lot of, you know, communication that goes into that is right. it's like, well I I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. <laughs> That's right. I don't think it's a bad thing, you know, yeah. that, you, that yeah. you don't have your you know, your pagan days or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um but but it's interesting to um it's interesting that the we see the struggle of not converting as it to not yeah. ha- not right. having necessarily right. a, a before and after mm-hmm. yeah i think that that's that is a struggle and like in my own experience i was that way and i would you know i went to the altar every sunday for a while trying to get that moment when the reality was God was at work in my life all the time. He had always been, and but he didn't look like I thought it should look. And and God refused to look the way I wanted him to look. Uh, and as a result, I struggled with that for a while, but in the end, I came to realize that God looks a whole lot of different ways than we expect, that he doesn't just show up. You know, if I had had that moment when I insisted on it, then maybe I would have kept insisting on him look the way I wanted him to look for the rest of the time. I don't know, but uh, but I I get that 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 need to have, you know. And we're kind of impressed by those people who are you know really good at sinning, and then they get converted and and they have that moment when you know everything changes. It's pretty impressive to hear those stories. And then you know I think well, uh, I'm pretty boring. God has loved me all my life. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, that and sucks when God loves you your right. whole life. It just screwed sucks. me up bad, man. It doesn't give you any kind of story at all. That's right. <laughs> they couldn't yeah. make a movie out of my life, so my life's nothing. Right. There's been this grace relentlessly at work in my life. So <laughs> it's it's interesting if you if you ask you know, I'm thinking of what you said, J B, about your your students you work with. If you ask them, Do you remember the first time you realized your mother or your father really loved you? You know, do you do, do you can you nail that down where you had this massive aha moment? Probably not. Maybe, but probably not. Um, does that negate the fact they love you? Does that shake the reality of their love at all? You know. Right. But it's it's the whole conversion is not a business deal. It's not a judicial transaction. Conversion is is a a growing relationship that at some right. point you realize. Wow, I am loved. Right. Yeah. Um, and that sounds simple, but that really is where we where we start is really believing that there's the possibility that God loves me unconditionally. Yeah. That's the I think that's where conversion becomes real in our lives. Because that does change everything. Yeah. Right. So you want to talk conversion? Yeah. Right. It does change yeah. everything. Yeah. Once you once that that hits home, mm-hmm. but it, it's um, I don't I don't know you know a church historian could tell us so much that we need to know here, but how the church became so judicial or so 
official, so contractual. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did, how did we get, because Jesus never talked in those terms. Right. Those are kind of Old Testament <clears throat> covenantal <throat> terms, but Jesus never talked in right. those terms. Yeah. And he pretty uh, clearly and directly came to set up a new covenant that wasn't like the old one, to do away the old one for a better one, which was based on, on his love for us and his willingness to die for us. Yeah. Not on a contract where we both had obligations. Well, it, it, it that's why he got in such trouble because he did he looked so non-contractual yeah. to the Pharisees who were the contract right. experts. Yeah. I mean, he's hugging babies and touching lepers and hanging out with winos and hookers. Yeah, and right. It's like Yeah. This is no, you He can't. was blurring the line about who was in and who was out. Yeah. Who had the contract and who didn't. Thanks for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. The three of us serve at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. If you want to know more about Broadway, you can visit us on the internets at broadwayunited.org.